mindfulness mode 409. I mean, ask your body. It's like, okay, body. It's like, you know, would you like to play with this person? Welcome to Mindfulness Mode. I'm Bruce Langford, host and creator of the show. So great to have you here. By the time you're listening to this, I will have returned from Orlando from PodFest, and I'm sure I will be able to tell you at that time that I will have had a great time, but I've recorded it before I've headed to PodFest, so I'll be letting you know in the future what this experience has been like. Hey, do you work in corporate or do you have a team of employees? Here's how you can reduce stress and increase happiness, productivity, and profitability in the workplace. Download this free resource. It's called 10 Simple and Effective Ways to Increase Mindfulness in the Workplace Now. Once your employees are happier, productivity will increase. And you can download this resource for free right here at mindfulnessmode.com forward slash workplace P with the P standing for productivity. Today we're talking about relationships. And I will say right off the top, I don't necessarily agree with everything that is said in this show as far as relationships and and how we should just uh, jump into a a kind of a physical experience with anybody we see. That's not my way of doing things, but I did find it fascinating uh, interviewing today's guest. And I hope you enjoy the show as well. Sit back, relax, and enjoy today's show. Hey, everybody, we're here to talk about relationships and not just relationships. We're here to talk today about sex. And this is really funny because, uh, well, the book is terrific. The book is called Relationship. Are you sure you want one? And I'm here with one of the authors and it's Simone Millicis. Hey, Simone, are you in mindfulness mode today? Absolutely, Bruce. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, geez, this is great. This is great. This is going to be so much fun. Well, first of all, before we talk about your book, tell us what mindfulness means to you and, and how mindfulness plays a role in this book. Uh, I would say it's the willingness to be present with every single thing you choose in life, even when it's not the choice that you desire to make because it can be incredibly confronting and yet if you are mindful of what you choose you will create a better greater life and not based on judgment based on there's so much more available oh there is Yes. Well, your book, I mean, your book is really a kick-ass book, and that's probably because you're a kick-ass woman, I'm <laughs> guessing, because the book is cool. You know, First, you have a chapter, and then Brendan has a chapter, and you have a chapter, and Brendan has a chapter, and you talk about how you looked at relationships before you met Brendan. What was that like? Well, my point of view was always, I don't want to have a relationship because I couldn't see a good one. And I was like, why would I want to choose one if I can't see a good one? Right. But one thing I did realize, Bruce, is in that point of view, there was no choice. I was like in refusal mode, you know, avoiding mode rather than actually allowing myself to have choice. So at one stage, I did start to have a look at this and go, oh, I'm living from what I would call like a no choice universe. So what if I actually allowed myself to receive something different and another possibility, then what could show up? I don't need to create a relationship like somebody else. I can actually create 
what works for me. And I think hey, that's novel, isn't it? Yeah, like, I know. Just I know. stop right there. Just hold everything. <laughs> what is that that you just said? Because that is radical. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, so many people look at their parents and go, oh, that's what yeah. I have to have. And it's like, I'm sorry. Yeah. It's like, that's that's not what you have to choose. It's like, what works for you? I mean, one little example is I travel about 10 months of the year. Right. So I remember saying to my friends, if I ever choose relationship, you know, it's going to have to be from that place of like, bye, honey, I'm going off now again for another month, you know, have fun, talk to you on the phone or whatever, you know. Yeah. So they would have to be an allowance of my life because I wasn't willing to cut me off and cut off my choices in order to be in a relationship. Right, right. That makes sense. Simone, I want to share a bit more about you before we move on with this interview, because Mindful Tribe, you're probably thinking, okay, who exactly is Simone? Well, Simone Millicis is an international speaker, as you probably uh, thought, you know, that could be since she says she travels so much, but she's also a podcaster and author of the books Relationship, Do You Want One? Joy of Business and Getting Out of Debt Joyfully. She's an acclaimed business and life mentor, and she travels the world facilitating seminars with an organization you may have heard of called Access Consciousness, which is a teaching organization all about consciousness. Simone revels in the joy of future opportunity, and she knows the prospect of possibility resides in every choice you make. And yeah, you can find Simone every week in her podcast called The Art and Industry of Business. And we're here to talk about her awesome new book, Relationship, Are You Sure You Want One? And guess what? It's cool. That's where you go to on .com. Relationship, Are You Sure You Want One? .com. <laughs> so what prompted you to write this book, Simone, you and Brendan? Well, I mean, I've been you know involved with Access Consciousness for 17 years. So what I you know, when I did start to ask for, okay, so if I had a relationship in my life, what would that be like? And I started with the energy of like, okay, I would actually like to have someone who is kind, caring and nurturing. Cause I don't know about you or your listeners, but I definitely had relationships before where I invited people into my life who judged me and my body because that matched the judgments that I had of me. And it's like, oh, that sounds great. Doesn't it? So I thought, <laughs> what if I could choose something different? So It was really, really different. It's sort of like uh, where I was functioning from and then moving to something different using the access consciousness tools. And it, you know, some days it was not, um, you know, I wanted to do something different. I wanted to, you know, get cranky or angry or do relationship from this reality. And we didn't. Brendan and I for eight years really chose to create what I would call a creationship, not a relationship. It was in constant creation. And so many people looked at us and went, God, how do you do this? And especially women, sorry, I'm allowed to say that, but I was like, you don't want to use these tools because it's like you, you know, so many women out there desire to own a man or change a man, etc. Men are not here to be owned or changed. It's like, you know, what if you could create with them? So we function so differently. And so many people asked us about it that we went, all right, let's put it into a book. And I, I think the book is quite humorous and it is quite vulnerable. Like we actually do talk about a lot of things that we, you know, created together and chose together that are yeah, vulnerable. It's like you just walk in right into our bedroom and right into our living. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, that's what I love about the book. It is it is humorous, but it cuts to the chase. Yeah. You know, it's not like you're not making small talk. You're getting right in there talking about sex, talking about all different aspects of relationships. And you talk about how to uncouple. Have you uncoupled? Are you still in a relationship with Brendan? Yes, I know. This is hysterical. Uh, we actually have not been in a relationship now. I think it's about four or five months. And uh, the book, you know, is launching on the on the eighth of this month, and we are choosing not to be in a relationship, and we are choosing to uncreate it just as much as we created the relationship. So funny, wrote a book called Relationship. Are you sure you want one? <laughs> and, and you were we for are. eight years, but now you're also sure yeah. you don't want one. Is that right? Yeah, for the moment, it's like you know, both of our lives have changed so much. He also travels around the world a lot, and. I guess it gets to that stage, I see a lot of people in a relationship where we sort of looked at each other and went, okay, have we done what we were meant to do together? Like, Mm -hmm. is it time to create something different? And we still have, I mean, we have real estate together. We have investments together. And he's someone I would talk to pretty much every day. It's like, we are still friends. And yet it didn't have that same energy of this massive creation that we Mm -hmm. did have for eight years. So it was like, okay, let's change it up. Let's see what else we can have. Well, in our society, it seems to me that a lot of us compare or, or we equate relationship with long-term commitment. Yeah. Probably forever commitment is what we go into it as. But that's not the way this book presents a relationship at all. It's completely flipped upside down, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you want to do a relationship for eight weeks or eight months or eight years, it's like it should be your choice. I mean, to me, Bruce... Uh, when people spoke about marriage, it never made sense to me because I was like, how can I look at one person and say, I would like to be with you for the next 50 years? I don't know what I want to do when I grow up, you know? (laughs) How do I know I want to drag someone along with me? And I see a lot of people that would rather be in a bad relationship than no relationship. And that's the piece I'd really like uh, people to have freedom with is not being in a relationship is not a bad thing. It's like it should be a choice, not a necessity. Yeah, you you said in your relationship, it's one word. It's based on one word. The relationship is based on gratitude. Yeah. Can you tell us about that? Yeah. Well, I mean, a lot of the times in, you know, I would say in this reality, people look at love. And it's like, if you look at the definition of love, like if I asked you right now, what's your definition of love? And your listeners, their definition and my definition, it's all really different. It's like people yes. start to get really confused. And if you say, I love you, someone goes, what the hell does that mean? Are they moving in? It's like, do they want to have my children? It's like, do I have to start paying uh-huh. for things? Like what's going on? Kind of scary. Like, yeah. Everybody has a different point of view. Whereas if I just said, Hey, I'm really grateful for you. Gratitude has an energy that is, you know, carries with it these like infinite possibilities and has no limitation with it. Whereas love tends to have a limitation with it. So what I would ask is if you are with someone that you have decided you're in love with or you love, it's like, what if you could actually start to change it and be grateful for everything that they are? Because with gratitude also comes like allowance. You're an allowance for what they choose. Yeah. In the book, Brendan says he used to think that relationships were about control. But in the book, you guys say, no way, it's got nothing to do with control. How do we make sure we don't slip into a relationship and then it ends up being about control? Well, one of the tools that I would say and I would ask, and this is probably one that most people will hate, is (laughs) to be in a great relationship, you need to let the other person do whatever the hell they want. 
And I mean, really, whatever the hell they want. It's like, right. but with that, there's an honoring. Like then people go, oh, does that mean that they're going to go and, you know, have sex with somebody else? And it's like, Brendan and I never had the place that was like, you can't go and have sex with somebody else. But we literally woke up every day and chose each other. Right. So there was this honoring. But also, I mean, like breaking up the relationship was like, okay, so we need to be in allowance of whatever the hell the other person desires to create as their life. Because I adore him so much and he adores me so much that we would not uh, desire to hold each other back. So if you are in allowance of whatever the other person wants to do, it's going to create something different and there is no control in that. Right. I think that's awesome because, you know, we see and experience control everywhere. So many people are trying to control each other. And I think mindfulness is about letting that go. Yeah. Mindfulness is about just living in the moment and living your life the way it is and not trying to control other people and not allowing other people to control you. And that sounds like we're, we share that opinion, right? Absolutely. And Bruce, I, I mean, my parents, my mother was extremely controlling yeah. and my father was such a kind, caring man. And he was like 85 or something. And my mother decided that on Friday nights, they were going to go and do Scottish dancing. My, uh -huh. my father didn't want to do Scottish dancing, but you know, she was like, this is what we will do. And so controlling. And do you know what ended up happening? He ended up having a stroke. Oh. And I know not cognitively, I know he created that because he didn't desire to go and do mm. this, you know, Scottish dancing on a Friday night. She never asked him a question. And I think that is imperative. If you are in a relationship, you need to ask a question to somebody. Like if she wanted to go and do this dancing on Friday night, say, hey, would you like to come with me? Or, hey, I'm going to go do this. You know, not even asking, is that okay? But it's like in the including, not exclusion. But you don't right. have to do everything together. Yeah, I totally agree. One of your chapters that you wrote, Simone, is called Sex for the Fun of It. <laughs> and that was a lot of fun to read. You asked the question, what if every single time you had sex, it didn't mean anything to, or it didn't lead to anything or it didn't have all these controls on it? Uh, so, yeah, what if? And is that the way it is in your life now? Yeah, and I'm going to say I'm very grateful for Brendan with this topic because I was definitely, you know, one of those females who um, if, if, we, if we didn't have sex, you know, for a week, I would go, oh, my God, what's wrong, you know, mm -hmm. and go into all this hysteria. Or it was sort of like you calibrate the success of your relationship by the amount of times you have sex or don't have sex, which it doesn't make sense. Right. So I remember him talking to me very early on in our relationship and he said to me, Simone, how often do two people have sex when they both desire to have sex? Instead of like the, oh, it's been three days or it's been, you know, four right. days, we must have sex. It's like, no, have sex four times a day and then you might not have it for six days, whatever right. works for you. But it's like following the energy. So I was really grateful for that because very early on, I remember we, we spent a weekend together and I wanted to have sex and he didn't. And then I was like, oh my God, no. And he looked at me and he said, you do realize that you and me is more to me than just sex, right? And which freaked me out because I was like, oh, I can deal with the sex part, but it's like this, this intimacy, how am I going to deal with this, you know? Yeah. But we, we got there and we, we were so open with each other in situations like that and talking about it that I learned so much from him. And I know he learned a lot from me too. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Tell us what head tripping is. 
Oh, well, head tripping. <laughs> okay, so there's three parts to this. It's like uh-huh. head tripping, heart tripping, and crutch tripping. And head tripping is that person who, you know, sort of goes to, I wonder if they're going to call. Oh, my God, they haven't called in 30 minutes. Or like the, you know, we haven't had sex in, in a week. What does that mean? You know, et cetera. And right. Heart tripping is more about the, you know, he didn't bring me flowers this week. What does that mean? Or he only brought me one flower instead of 12. You start to like trip out about everything. And crutch tripping is when someone makes it all about sex or makes it all about no sex. So, and people think that if they head trip or they heart trip or they crutch trip about something, it's going to create something more, but it never, ever, 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 ever does. So I strongly advise if that sounds familiar to you, it's like, you know, stop it. Like I used yeah. to be a heart tripper of magnitude and I would say something to Brandon and he'd go, look at me and go, are you heart tripping? And I was like, damn, I am. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing it would ever create is, is a separation. Yeah. Which I also find that a lot of people desire to create separation because that level of closeness, closeness and intimacy can be so confronting and vulnerable mm. that most people try and push that away. Right. Uh, Brandon talks about uh, access bars, and I know that's related to access consciousness. Can you tell us what access bars are? Yes, it's my greatest relief. That's what it is. <laughs> I do not know <laughs> what I would have done without access bars. And it's, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a hands-on process that we do in access, and it's 32 points on the head. And it just it involves somebody else just touching these points on your head lightly, I mean, even 20 minutes of bars is great, but a good session is about an hour and a half. And one the, when these points are touched, it's things like sexuality, um, sadness and joy, you know, money, um, uh, power. It's like implants, all these different points of view because we have all of these thoughts, feelings and emotions and we try and buy them as ours. I mean, what, what did you grow up with? You know, like your mum might say, you know, men are always, you know, mean or men will always do this. So you grow up with this point of view and then all of a sudden, like, hang on, that's not my point of view. And it's like, so what is my point of view? So getting your bars run is sort of like, you know, getting a computer and pressing the delete button on everything. And then you've got this blank space to go, okay, what's my reality today? So did you say there are 120 on your head? No, 32. Oh, 32. Yeah. Okay, so there's 32. So how do you learn where those 32 points are? Um, There's bars classes all over the world. I think we have like, I think 9,000 bars facilitators in 176 countries now. So you can go to accessconsciousness.com and find a bars practitioner or even a bars class. I highly recommend a bars class because you get your bars run twice and you receive, and then you get to run them twice and you can be a practitioner. So it's seriously, Bruce has created the most relief for me in the sense of, you know, when you get that, that funky feeling or you get cranky or anything, and it's usually not yours. It's something outside of you that is creating that. So getting your bars run and you're like, ah, not cranky anymore. Okay. What next? (laughs) So you can do that to yourself afterwards. Is that right? Someone does it for you. Someone does it for you. I mean, you know what, in desperate times I have lain in bed and just held some of the points on my head but I, I highly recommend getting somebody else to run your bars. It's, it's, you know what, we're not taught to receive. So if you just lie down on a massage table and someone runs your bars, then even that sense of you lying on a massage table and just receiving is a different reality for you. I love how you include tools at the end of every chapter. And, you know, in the book, 
I also think it's very cool that those tools are not complicated or difficult or they're not the kind of things where you think, oh, yeah, well, I'll maybe do it later because they're so straightforward. Like in the end of, of the one chapter on sex that I mentioned, it's like sex. Will it be fun? Will it be easy? Will I learn something? Will I be happy afterwards? So very straightforward. Did you and Brendan come up with those tools together? Actually, we got them from Gary Douglas and Dr. Dane here, who are the creators of Access, and we just used them. <laughs> okay. So, but we really did use them. It's like, that's the thing. The whole book has all of the tools that we got from Access Consciousness from Gary. Gary was amazing because he looks at relationship in such a different way. And so many people, you know, when they go to choose to have sex with someone, they go, oh, that person fits the person I'd like to have, you know, because I don't know, he's six foot two blonde, educated at Harvard, like whatever this insanity that you have of that is the right person rather than, hey, is this going to be fun? And it's like, well, I learned something, you know, is this person going to be kind to me, caring, nurturing, you know, and asking those questions rather than what you've decided you should have. I mean, ask your body. It's like, okay, body, it's like, you know, would you like to play with this person? Right. Well, Simone, you've uh, we've talked about couples, we've talked about relationships, we've talked about sex, but you talk about money in the book. Now, you know, is this a money book, a relationship book, or a sex book? Tell me why money is a part of this. Well, money is a big part of being in a relationship, and it's it's quite often the piece that people don't talk about. And there's also really different scenarios around. I mean, if you look at, you know, how this reality sells relationship to you, is the man is supposed to be the one, you know, that brings home the money and the woman is supposed to be the one that is home looking after the kids and, you know, cooking, et cetera. No, I'm sorry. It's like, Bruce, have a look at the women you know. How many of them want to go out and conquer the world? And then a lot of the men I know are the men that want to stay home and create some sort of nest and are more sort of nurturing. It's like, what if we flipped it? What if we actually got it the other way around? And what if there was choice? So, Brendan and I did have a, a different relationship when we first got together too, because um, I was earning way more money than him. And he actually, he, he actually was a tiler by trade and hated it. Like, uh, so I said to him, well, why don't you take a break from it and see what it is you'd like to create as your life? So I literally supported him and uh, our dog and my stepson, Nash, um, Brendan's son, Mm -hmm. and supported them for like 18 months. And I'm not talking like food on the table, everything. I'm talking like trips to Costa Rica because I was traveling, so they were coming with me mm -hmm. for everything. But there, I wanted to also create the place that I could empower him to create money, which a lot of people I see don't do. Whichever partner has, has the most money tends to do this like I am the one that has the money. Therefore, you know, I rule the roost. It can't be like that. If you're going to create a great relationship, you have to empower the other person to create as well. So I found different ways to actually, you know, give him money. And I actually paid him for sex once, which was great. So <laughs> I was like, what if I give you $500? And he was like, all right. <laughs> we had a great time. And he had 500 bucks in his wallet that was his. Not, can I have some money to go do this, you know? So money is a really touchy topic. And I think you need to work out what works for, for you. Because I see some people who put their money together in bank accounts and it doesn't work and others keep them separate and it works. So it's like work out what works for you, like what works for your relationship, both of you, not just one person telling the other one what it's supposed to be. 
Well, it's fascinating how you cover all these topics in a book that's that's basically right to the point. It's a quick read. It's an easy read, but you finish it and it's like, wow, this was a whole different look at relationships. This is refreshing. Yeah. Tell me about some of the feedback you've received from this book from like specific people. Uh, same, pretty much the same as you, Bruce. It's like, it's like a breath of fresh air. Because, I mean, how many people are told, for one, that they have to be in a relationship, that it's like, oh, how old are you and you're not in a relationship yet? Or how many divorces have you had? Rather than, you know, you have a choice every single day. What is it you would like to choose? It's like, if you want to have 10 marriages in a lifetime, go for it. If that's what, you know, floats your boat. It's like, if you want to be single your whole entire life, that's okay too. So in other words, don't worry about what other people think. Be mindful. That's what mindfulness is, right? Be mindful of what it is that you would like to create. Don't create your reality based on somebody else's. So most people like you, Bruce, are like really grateful for something that's different and something that's refreshingly uh, confronting, I think, to the place that that is actually how people would like to create their life and their relationships. Right, right. Um, I always ask a question about bullying and you didn't talk specifically about bullying in this book, but you, uh, I mean, you talk about what you just said, creating your life every single day. And, you know, you want to make sure that you're not being bullied in a relationship, but were you ever in a bullying situation or did you ever bully anyone where, you know, if you look back, mindfulness would have made a difference. Do you have a story for us, uh, Simone? Yeah, I was actually telling someone the other day, I remember being in a relationship and I used to wake up pretty much every morning crying. And I thought, oh. but I thought that's what, what like, it became so normal for me. Mm. And I was like, well, isn't that what everybody does? Like their life is just you know, <laughs> this sad, sad place. And then I remember he, he broke up the relationship and he said to me, you won't be able to survive without me. You won't, we had a business together too. You won't be able to do the business without me. And of course, I mean, what I would say is that's gaslighting. Like bullying in relationship is, is a form of gaslighting where you keep telling the other person what they're not great at. And it's, it's a lie. So I remember when he left and I literally brought his point of view and it took me like three or four weeks and I was like, hang on a second, I'm not crying anymore in the morning. And hang on a second, the business is actually succeeding, you know. So I had to start to look at what I was creating and not buying somebody else's point of view about me. And I think that's in, in bullying in relationships, is people tend to belittle other people. And what I would like to ask is, for what reason are you creating that? Like most people create, you know, judging someone else, belittling somebody else based on, you know, themselves, based on what is their point of view about them? What is their judgment about them? Usually because they have not created something greater, they will not allow somebody else to create something greater. And I would really like to see that point of view changed in the world, Bruce. Oh, I would too. Power people constantly to be them, no matter what that takes and no matter what it looks like. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Simone, as we move forward in the interview, I want to ask you five quick answer questions. So just 30 second answers are perfect. The first one is this. Who is one person who has influenced mindfulness in your life? I'm going to say Brendan Watt, my co-author and the guy I was in a relationship for eight years. And I'm looking forward to what we create as a future in business and life together. Ah, that's, that's great. How has mindfulness affected your emotions, Simone? I would say I've learned not to buy into my emotions so much and to actually be more present with what it is I would like to choose as my life and my reality. 
Tell us how breathing is part of your mindfulness. Well, I don't think I would exist if I didn't breathe. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. No. <laughs> if you could recommend a book related to mindfulness, what would that be? Uh, I'm going to say Dr. Dane Hears' book, Being You, Changing the World. It's, it's a really confronting book on literally just choosing to be you. Cool. Uh, do you recommend any apps at all to help with mindfulness or relationships or anything like that? Yes, I do. Uh, one called Who Does This Belong To? And the idea of that is every single time you have a thought, feeling, an emotion show up, it's like you ask, who does this belong to? Because we buy other people's points of view as ours rather than actually being present with what 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 is going on for us. So it's called Who Does This Belong To? And how does that app work? Like, does it keep reminding you yes, constantly? You can, set up. you can set you can set it up so you go okay once a morning or every hour on the hour, or you can have a random one that pings you and says, "Who does this belong to?" Because we get so caught up in stuff, and it's like it's it's what if it wasn't yours? What if there was another possibility available? Is sex your form of meditation? <laughs> now this is kind of like I read this book, and I'm like, wow, you are so open. You are so free. And then I thought, but I wonder if, if Simone meditates. Do you meditate? Is that part of your life? Um, no, I don't really meditate. I would say getting my bars run is what would be that sense of relaxation for me. And, uh, mm -hmm. and I, I mean, I, I do like sex and I do love sex and I find it fun, but it's more like playing. It's like, you know, it should be like playing Frisbee. It's like, you want to play Frisbee? Yes. Yeah, like, you want to you wanna have sex? <laughs> it's like, it should be something that's fun. But I would say more getting my bars run would be the level of meditation I would do and be. Right, right. Well, the book is called Relationship, Are You Sure You Want One? And I think that's a great fresh new look. And, you know, you can get the book by going to that book title.com relationship are you sure you want one but you're all over social media and it must be a lot of fun to follow you on social media at access simone milesis milesis yep and on instagram yeah. as well it's like and brendan what's on instagram as well yeah, and Milasis is is spelled M I L A S A S. That's correct. Two A's in there. Yeah, so check out Simone on social media, and uh, check out the book because it's a it's a really refreshing, interesting look at relationships that you might not have thought about a lot of the aspects that that Brendan and and Simone have come up to. Uh, so awesome to talk with you, Simone, about this new book and. I'm so impressed with how open and free and and relaxed you are about this topic. Thanks for being on the show today. You're so welcome, Bruce. And thank you for acknowledging that too. It's like, I figure if we can be like that, if every single one of us is like that with everything, it actually invites other people to be like that too and not have so many barriers up between each other. Yeah, for sure. Well, all the best to you and Brendan, Simone. Bye now. Thanks, Bruce. Bye. Thanks so much for joining us today on Mindfulness Mode. For show notes for every episode, check out mindfulnessmode.com and type the guest's name or the episode number into the search bar. You can also go mindfulnessmode.com slash whatever episode number you like. If you've enjoyed this podcast, you could help us out by subscribing to Mindfulness Mode wherever you listen, whether it's on iTunes or Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, 
so many places you can hear mindfulness mode. So hit subscribe and share because that truly helps our show. Remember what I mentioned at the top of the show about whether you work in corporate, have teams of employees, and you want to reduce stress with those employees and help them to be more productive. You can download the free resource, 10 Simple and Effective Ways to Increase Mindfulness in the Workplace Now. And once your employees are happier and you know productivity will increase, download the free resource at mindfulnessmode.com forward slash workplace p so remember subscribing and sharing helps keep mindfulness mode on the air till next time mindful tribe use what we've learned today to reach new heights of calm focus and happiness stay in the mode